Hi, everyone. We are doing a special set of episodes this week. Uh, we are partnering with Saks Off Fifth, as well as our friends over at Feeling Asian, to celebrate AANHPI Month. Uh, Saks Off Fifth is a great store. It's a great website. They've got amazing designer brands at value, sometimes up to 70% off. I've got a couple of things from there. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got some jeans. I've got some nice sweatshirts. They also got kids stuff, so I'm, I'm doing shopping for my son. <laughs> And I also have built out my full wardrobe for the summer. That's right. That's yeah, uh, it's a great place. And uh, this is the third year in a row that Saks Off Fifth is also celebrating uh, Asian American Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Month uh, with the Asian Mental Health Collective. It's an organization that destigmatizes mental health within the Asian community. Saks Off Fifth and Asian Mental Health Collective created the Lotus Therapy Fund three years ago, which provides mental health access to those who do not have financial resources or if they don't have insurance that covers therapy. That's right. The Lotus Therapy Fund has covered over 1,400 therapy sessions to date and is one of Asian Mental Health Collective's largest uh, and most in-demand programs. Yes, and we love mental health That's support. Great. Mm -hmm. To learn more about the Asian Mental Health Collective or to make a donation to support them, please visit www www.asianmhc.org. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, gang, just wanted to remind you all that we've got a live show coming up. It's called Real Asian Ships. It's the only Asian American dating show ever. Don't look that up, but I think it is. We've got bachelors and bachelorettes. Uh, they're all playing for love, and the crowd gets to join in, too. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's happening June 1st. 7 p.m. at Caveat in the Lower East Side. There's also streaming tickets, uh, so you can watch live streaming. Tickets available at caveat.nyc or in the link in the episode description. Come check it out. Me, I'll be there. Jenny will be there. We've got some special guests coming by. And who knows, maybe you'll make a connection. Again, June 1st, 7 p.m. at Caveat. Uh, see you there. Welcome to another episode of the Asian Not Asian podcast, the podcast with all your favorite Asian friends. I'm Mike Nguyen. I'm Jenny Arimoto. <laughs> We're sharing a microphone <laughs> because we, this this podcast is too packed. Let's just say that. Uh, it's a really special podcast. We're really excited uh, to uh, have our guests and be, to be doing this as a, a, a special one for uh, Asian American uh, Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Month. Um, and I'm, I just want to bring on our guest right away because we've got a lot to cover. This is a continuation from the other episode. Uh, and so if you haven't checked it out already, check out the episode the week before and then come back to this one because it, it'll be all good. Um, but this will this will be this will be a great episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So our guests, uh, we had them on the last episode. They're back. They're horny. Uh, OK, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just want to set the tone right away. Wow. Yeah. I want to set the tone right That's away. That's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. I'm trying to I'm trying to work through the, all the Is food that aid. the tone you want to set? This is a pretty serious episode, Mike. <sighs> yeah, I do want okay. to set it like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe so, some comedy up top. Yeah. yeah, so comedy up top, then nothing nothing funny the rest of the time. Okay. Uh, no, our guests are uh, uh, comedians, writers. Uh, we got Brian Park and Young Me Mayor, everyone. Woo! Yay. Hi. Hello. You're, you're, you've been here the And we're horny. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the end of the joke portion of this episode. That's it. <laughs> it's all serious now. Cool, yeah. And this episode's... Oh, yep. There it is. There I am. Mike and I are sharing it at a microphone, and it's not going as smoothly as I thought it would in my head. Because <laughs> I realize our faces will be really close together. What if you hold it like this and go like this? Um, he told me not to oh, hold it. Okay, sorry. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
Our oh, producer, aka Mike, told me not to hold it. Okay. Sorry. Um, but anyways, this episode is very cool. We have an additional guest on top of these two fantastic guests. And then I wrote a little intro blurb. So welcome to your ears. Uh, licensed therapist with her own private practice in New York City who works predominantly with AAPI individuals, which I guess is A-A-N-H-P-I individuals. Um, in addition to her clinical work, she's also a contributor as a mental health expert to the Ask a Therapist series at I Don't Mind. Welcome to your ears, Catherine Lee. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Uh, sorry for the weird energy. Um, <laughs> it's it's really nice. We have a whole bunch of, of questions that we asked our listeners, and we were gonna we're just gonna come on and bring them on. Mm-hmm. And uh, this isn't therapy session. This is just us kind of like working through some questions and getting everyone's perspective. Does that oh. seem cool? Oh yeah. Okay. So it's not you. you this isn't therapy. Catherine, you're not on the clock. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> See the chaotic this is a advice. Safe space. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a safe space, but we will cancel you. Wonderful. <laughs> so we're all gonna give our hot takes, and then Catherine is gonna have to pick up the pieces and correct us. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should we um, do that? Cool. Fine. Yeah. So we posted to our Instagram, and I try to organize them in terms of theme. Uh, and so. We'll see how I did. We'll see how I did. Um, but maybe we can start with the topic of family. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wait, can I ask before you start? Are these questions yeah. what what did you ask from your listeners like to just ask questions as a AANHPI person to a therapist? Yes. Okay, okay. I, um, right. I think the prompt was like, if you have any topics or questions for um, an Asian therapist, right. um, please send them our way. Right, we actually got a lot, uh, a lot of requests and questions. Yeah. I think people are hungry for oh, this type of talk okay. um so family yeah so family was a big oh, topic that was actually probably the number one <laughs> topic yeah which is a really big surprise as an asian person um but yeah it's obviously there were obviously a lot of questions specifically about relationships to parents and difficult relationships to the parents as well as trauma that may may have come from those relationships mm. um so let's just begin with the topic of like how to balance being independent and it, and like your own person, but also be a good child to your parents, especially if that is like a strained relationship. Wait, should we give our opinions and then you will like give your professional opinion? Well, how should we do this? I mean, let's hear maybe Catherine first. Yeah, and then okay. we can talk about okay, ourselves. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So when I, I mean, when I hear this question, I have a few other questions. Sure. Mm-hmm. You, you hear this question a lot. Is this like like the number one question? I hear a lot of questions like this. Mm. And, you know, the thing is that there's going to be no cookie cutter answer, obviously, too. And that's very frustrating for a lot of my own clients. Mm -hmm. But when I hear, again, questions like this, my first curiosity is like, well, what does it even mean to be a good child? Like, what does that look like? And what did that look like? Yeah. Mm. And does your definition of a good child, does that align with your parents' definition of a good child. Yeah. Right. Okay, you know? so good child is when your <laughs> Brian parents... Brian has the answer. Brian has the answer. <laughs> good child is when your parent can brag about your accomplishments mm-hmm. uh, at family parties or, mm-hmm. or gatherings with friends. And okay. no And no one else can top that. You are the apex child. Okay. And then you, you send uh, monthly payments to your parents. That's good child. I hundred the monthly payments. Okay, your parents are basically a Netflix subscription that you got to be dumping like whatever two hundred dollars whatever per month. I, well, I used to do that, 
and I felt like such a good son. I felt like such a good son doing that. Dude. Wow. It was that and like buying them like uh, special rice cakes for like Luna New Year. Wow. I was like, I was like, this is peak good Moon son. Cakes. But I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to undermine your. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. subject. It's subjective. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a good question. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, maybe we should just say what we think being a good child <laughs> is. Um, because for me, I would say because I also had this battle. Not no, my parents are not. I don't have a traumatic relationship to my parents, but I did have a really difficult. Yeah time understanding what my role is versus what my parents want my role to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I would say that my definition of good child is being responsible, making responsible decisions Mm -hmm. that align with their version of like success or like independence so that similarly they can go talk about me (laughs) to their friends or whatever, but also so they don't have to worry about me. And also that like ultimately you do the favor of taking care of them as you get older and they get older as well so it's like picking a path that's safe that will because ultimately we will be responsible for them yeah well i think Catherine, are you saying that like for as a therapist when you're trying to help somebody with this issue what you're trying to help them realize is that they have a different idea of what that is uh, versus their parent yeah that it mm. might be it might be different yeah mm. and so and then mm. so what is like i guess like the resolution of that because i think so much of us like specifically like even you know i know we were joking right now but like so much of us like don't even have a concept of what that means because it's like we just are doing what our parents want you know what i mean yeah yeah and i i mean that's so much of the therapy process i feel like right is when you're in that healing process you're learning a lot about yourself Mm. right all the traumas all these wounds but also you begin to learn more intimately about yourself like what do i actually care about yeah what are the beliefs and values that i i that are mine and not my parents not societies no one else's yeah you know that's like really it reminds me of something that that i did in therapy where they um because I have a lot of like self-hatred issues. <laughs> so special. No one else knows what that feels like, right? Um, and then um, I think like my ther- therapist was like, well, like, what are the things that you value in yourself? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of my yeah. self-hatred came from stuff that my parents were saying about me as a kid mm-hmm. that I could not fulfill. Mm-hmm. And then she was like asking me to do this like exercise where I was mm-hmm. like pointing out what in me do I like? Right. And then it did really help me because I was like, oh, I'm like a kind and loving friend and blah, blah, blah. It's like it doesn't matter that my parents care about whatever, like me being skinny or whatever. Right. You know, exactly. And that was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because my curiosity then is what if you're leading a healthy life? You're happy. You feel like, you know, oh, I'm so attuned to my needs and my well-being. But this isn't my parents' definition of what a good child is. Right. Am I okay letting that go? Yeah. And can yeah. I can I like reconcile this tension of like mm. their definition of a good child and my definition of a good child? Because ideally, mm. you being healthy, right, and you taking care of yourself, that allows you to take care of your parents and all those around yeah. you, actually. Yeah. Right. So ideally, that's actually how you're being a quote unquote good child, right? right? So then how do you manage that? So let's say that um, you understand that the definitions are different. You're happy yourself, but your Mm -hmm. parents are still maybe not. Mm. You're not reaching your parents' standard, whatever that standard is. Then how do you manage out so you're not so impacted by your parents? Boundaries. 
Ooh, yikes. What? <laughs> I didn't even know that was on the table. What? Uh, I didn't know. That's like saying like, oh, it's not A through A, B, C, D, or E. It's boundaries. I don't boundaries. Wow. Mm-hmm. What? It's not losing 10 pounds it's like not, my mom says. It's not forcing yourself to go to dental school. That's not the, that's not it. <laughs> boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. How do you implement boundaries then if you have like toxic parents or like how do you, is there a way to actively set boundaries if your parents don't understand the concept of boundaries? It's tough. I want to say that up front, like it's probably going to be in trial and error on your end, right? But if you're not crystal clear on what your boundaries are, like what you're okay with, mm-hmm. right? Then it's just, it's all going to fall apart. So that's step number one is you got to be super clear. Yeah. What am I okay with? Am I not okay with them talking about like my weight? Mm-hmm. Right? Am I not okay with them talking about my relationship? What mm-hmm. is it exactly that I'm like, I this is something I don't want them to touch. Got it. Right. Right. Um, and then when you go in, I don't know, you're seeing your parents, you're having a conversation. Um, there are some like tools and things that you can implement, work on with your therapist, right? To figure out, okay, what's going to work for you specifically. Yeah. And what I like to do with my clients is especially over the holidays, this comes up a lot. Yeah. And what I, I, what I invite them to do and what we do together is we kind of explore like what are safe topics Mm. and maybe the only thing that's a safe topic is like Maybe it's food, maybe it's a TV show, Mm -hmm. maybe it's work. Like, find that safe topic, and that's what you run to. You steer it in that direction. You steer the conversation that way. Like, that's one of the things that I do with my clients a lot. Oh, interesting. And then the second thing, I'm always like, great coping skill, go to the bathroom, no one's going to question it. Yeah. Excuse yourself, you need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder we're we're so into food, everybody. We're just, because that's like the the safe spot. Mm -hmm. That's the space, you know? You know, you, that's the, you know, you, you can talk about like, oh, your cream pancakes are so yummy. Yum, 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 yum. And like <laughs> not talk about other stuff. <laughs> I mean, like 80% of the conversation when I'm at home is about food. I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, but like that is, I think, deemed the yeah. safest space right. for us. Yeah. Right. Or like I, if you're at the restaurant. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry, yeah, Catherine. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say for our, for our parents too, or even our grandparents. You know, I think for so many of us, we we struggle with the fact that, oh, our parents don't, they're not very expressive. You know, we don't mm-hmm. talk about our feelings. Their safe topic is, is also food in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, Kath, I don't know if you have a question along these lines, but mm-hmm. I remember when we were doing like the podcast, Brian and I, we uh, got like this, there was like this whole discussion we had with um, our like Asian listeners about how. You know, in a lot of therapy, I, I know it's kind of like maybe you're going to talk about this already, but like there's this idea in like Western cultures of cutting your parents off. And mm-hmm. like that just doesn't exist as much in yeah. in Asian um, communities. So do you think these are like do you think you have like a lot of experience with this kind of stuff because you are working with clients that are that don't have the option of like the cut off parents thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I predominantly work with Asian American individuals. And that's something, that's the tension that they all sit in. Right. right? I can't just cut off my parents, can't just stop talking to them. Right. So you right. go to the bathroom instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you really need to escape a situation, there's no way out, right? Just go to the bathroom, excuse yourself run to a safe topic but you know i i know again working with my clients i mean i'm asian american too so i like i totally get it that like your parents will just keep going and going and nagging and nagging they're not getting the point yeah i'm like 
Go to the bathroom. Go wash your hands. Try Damn, to, I love try this. To, try to reground yourself. <laughs> take a breather. Maybe text a friend. Like have someone like on ready, like on call to kind of like support you. Who knows that you're going into this situation? Um, I mean, hopefully you have like a cousin or a brother or a sister that can kind of like hold you and like support you. You guys can go in it together. But if not, like. Mm. You know, I understand that for some of my clients, they just feel so isolated from their family. There is no safe person. They feel like they're going into a war zone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the best coping skill is really just going to the bathroom. Or you can always go into the bedroom and be like, I have to study. <laughs> and they're like, oh, please. Oh, my gosh. No yeah. one bother Mike. Oh, study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll bring up some cut fruit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going to dental school finally. <laughs> Everyone, shush. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Everybody. Lock okay. the door. Okay. Don't let anyone think about incisors. Think about incisors. That's what my cousins do. They're like, oh, I have to study. I'm like, you're you're 47. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. Shh, shh, don't bother him. <laughs> That's such a good point, though, because looking through all because there were a lot of people writing mm -hmm. in about parental questions, but none yeah. of them were about cutting off a toxic parent. It was how to manage a toxic parent, and yeah. how do you? Uh, one of the questions was, how do I love a toxic parent while also understanding that they're toxic, and mm -hmm. you need to like create boundaries and i think that's so fascinating that like we're all trying to work yeah. it's like it's asian we have we are going to sustain a relationship if we can't you know yeah 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 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. tough it's not easy yeah wait it's what really would your hard. answer be to how do you love a toxic parent how do you love a parent or a toxic parent i mean again it's boundaries and for me as a therapist when i see someone who is so desperate to love a parent that is toxic Right. I'm like, man, boundaries to me is you really holding on to that relationship. If you mm. really didn't care, you would just jump ship. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. even that attempt, I'm like, man, that's you trying to love them right now. Yeah. Mm. You coming to therapy, that's you trying to love them. Right. Damn. Yeah. That gave me goosebumps. Nice. This Mike. is the opposite of how this podcast usually goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like learning shit. Mike's this is like, crazy. we're horny. We're horny. I start off right there, and then, and then now. Why do you I'm think Mike said that? What's your therapist? Yeah. Take? Why did he? Why did he start with that weird joke? <laughs> Read him to filth. <laughs> I got another. I got a, a similar question, and I think it relates to being toxic. My, my mom isn't is has become. I feel less toxic over time, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with. You know, she's got a bunch of grandkids now, but then yeah. also she's got a, a good community. She's like always mm. texting people. I'm mm. all, she texts people more than me. She's in like tons of group texts. She's <laughs> yeah. always on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? She's like a That's teenager. So and yeah. so she's always like, I'm talking to my friend. Get out of my room. And I'm like, yeah. oh, damn. But I think a lot of older parents, mm -hmm. they're alone. They either yeah. have sometimes mm -hmm. they have each other. Sometimes they don't even have that, yeah. you know, and um, uh, I think. There's a large Vietnamese community, but some people are not part of that or mm -hmm. they're or they're physically away from that. So like, mm. what about sort of looking, you know, th thinking about your parents and their well-being? Yeah. Like, how do you foster that kind of like, you know, community w when a lot of them are isolated yeah. or might be isolated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fostering a sense of community for them. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, man. Um, okay. So we can do our best to support our parents as much as possible and encourage them to, I don't know, talk to their friends, go to this event, I don't know, talk to this, talk to this auntie, talk to that auntie, um, et cetera. Um, but at the same time, like we also need to understand that our parents are in their own process. Mm -hmm. 
and that they're gonna make their own decisions. Mm. Yeah. We don't know why they're not seeking community. Uh, maybe there's like drama that we don't know about, mm -hmm. right? Maybe yeah. there's trauma, maybe there's like relationship stuff that we just don't know. Maybe there's like a lot of guilt. We have no idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as much I wonder, I wonder so often, like when I sit with my clients, like how often are we actually doing what our parents did to us? Like our parents were like with the best of intentions, you know, go date this kind of a person, be a doctor and study really hard, mm -hmm. like do this, do that. And then how we kind of do the same thing as adults, but we're like, go to therapy. Like, yeah. why aren't you talking to me? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, make you're, some you're, you're doing the same thing that kind <laughs> yeah, of like your yeah, parents yeah. did. So yeah. how can we meet our parents where they're at? Mm. Um, and just acknowledge kind of where, what they're going through. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mike is, uh, he, Mike is like having he a shook moment. It. He shook. <laughs> I keep looking at him and he's freaking out. I'm canceling the podcast and now this is a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, it's just like, this is what you, 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 yeah there's so much time there's so many times where you don't realize you're doing the thing that you know like yeah. I, I sometimes will see yeah other people like going through relationships I'm like oh my gosh I, can't you see that you're you got that from your mom or you got that from your dad yeah. and like now i'm thinking about what i'm doing because i learned all those things from them and i'm just like mirroring it back right to that person mm -hmm. yeah. and and I, I think it's nice too because we often just shit on our parents on this podcast <laughs> we just like whatever they suck but yeah. to like actually like really try to have empathy even to somebody who is you know obviously can be toxic to you it's like that's such a different mindset you know than well, i think a lot of people have that's right? how we actually break cycles mm. right because everyone's talking about breaking cycles and like some of my clients they'll be like well they're talking to me about like something something that happened and they're like oh like my mom said this and it was so annoying and then i said this back and, mm. and i was like so you guys are doing the same thing yeah mm. yeah yeah right like you are right. your mother's daughter yeah. like i very much i'm not there but i'm seeing it i see yeah. it so clearly uh, right yeah. and um yeah that, i mean part can, of that work I, is rewiring all of that mm -hmm. wait so i want to piggyback off of, off yeah, yeah, of yeah. this topic mm -hmm. like what if you're coming at it from like a positive spin and how mm -hmm. do you reconcile that? Because this, this is something that I have trouble with where, mm -hmm. you know, my parents, they came to this country and they yeah. worked really hard and they succeeded. Mm -hmm. And so then on, I think like I feel um, inadequate or at times like like a failure because I do. I am fluent in English. I did study yeah. at good schools here, mm -hmm. and I haven't yeah. amounted to like their, what their accomplishments were. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you reconcile that then? Because that's coming at it from like, I, would, I don't think they're toxic. Like, this is like an admirable quality of them. But then, why do I constantly like berate myself in mm -hmm. comparison? Okay, like you're holding yourself to a really high standard. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's like an opposite. It's like an inverse, you know. Because yeah. here we're like. My parents are toxic, but on the other side of the coin, it's like, my parents are great. Mm, why am I kind of like, why am yeah. I not living up to that? Yeah. Mm. If I'm like, a, if I'm like cut, for, like, if I'm like their son, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, well, first I would encourage you, you know, <laughs> to be very kind to your, towards yourself. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that can't be the answer. You know, no, 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 no. It's got to be, no, make more content, right? That's the key. Yeah, make more money. Make more money. I think that's it. Maybe yeah, that's get a haircut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Book some shows. How about that? <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up because maybe there's listeners who might feel this way. Yeah, I feel that way too. I feel like I'm very similar to that as well. Like mm. my parents yeah. did succeed. 
And so I'm yeah. held, I'm holding myself accountable to their standards mm-hmm. of success. You know, I yeah. think for like like Brian, I, I don't know that much about your past, Jenny, but like for Brian, because I know so much about it. I think it's like a, a combo because mm-hmm. I think there's part of, you know, you that feels like, oh, my parents are toxic and mean and they're doing all yeah. this stuff that's really hurtful to me. And I, I really don't like that. And I want to like draw these boundaries. But and the other side is, but there's just so much more successful than I am. And they really made their way. So there must be something that they're doing that's correct, you know, quote, mm. unquote. Un- and then I'm quote, quote, unquote, wrong, you know. And right. so it's like two things almost, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Seems I mean, really when I, I'm like, well, they made their choice. Right. They're successful, but. Like, are they happy? At what cost? You know, are are they healthy? Like, is that true success? Mm. Yeah. You know, and how do you define that? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I I empathize with this because, like, my mom, she went to Juilliard. Mm. Oh, no. Right? So. (laughs) Oh, no. Heard of it? Yeah. She went to Juilliard, like, super competitive. Super competitive. Mm. Like, so hard to get into. Right. Um, and so I empathize a lot with this kind of sentiment, mm. right? And, and I think what's really important is, a, like, you know the quote, like, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. It's so cheesy, but it's true. But you really need to ground yourself in, in like, who you are mm. and just trusting the process, as cheesy as it sounds. Mm. Yeah. And, like, knowing that, okay, I'm on my own path and, you know, me just being is enough. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't need to prove myself. Yeah. And I think the first thing that you said, you know, like where like you find the definition of the what is a good kid for yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. that's like something that like Brian, could, like what is the definition of success like for yourself? Right. You know, right, like right, not right. comparing with your parents. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's why I think you and I, we like at least maybe once a quarter, Brian and I like text each other, go like, dude, it's time to go to med school, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, Let's, we could up. do it, right? It always feels like, and I constantly have fantasies <laughs> about, but man, I, I wish I was just like a little bit smarter in econ or something and I could have become a lawyer and that right, would have right. been, you know, because then it would have like, I would have fulfilled the, the, the prophecy, right? you know? But now we have the tools. Rather than actually go, we have to excuse ourselves and say we need to study for the med school exam or the law school there exam. You go. <laughs> it's there a you really go. hard test, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a good, that's a, that, this is powerful. Interesting. Yeah, I think part of this, the uh, this is related a lot to my experience. So I, um, I think I try to manage everyone because I think I know what's best. Mm-hmm. So then I will go and then try, like yeah. part of what I'm working on in therapy is just letting go that I can't change my the decisions that my family members make, even though yeah. I think it should be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and part of that is me being the oldest girl mm-hmm. of three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of questions about like girls yes. versus boys in mm. Asian families. Yeah. Like the different responsibilities, different expectations. One was specifically about like being an oldest daughter, which I feel. Yeah. I try to like, I'm like second mom in my head. Yeah. I don't think my siblings see me that way, but I see myself that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to just bring up that topic about like different responsibilities, the ways that Asian families raise girls versus boys differently. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And how to like cope with that. Cause I know mm-hmm. that I always think if my brother's listening, I always feel that I have more responsibilities than him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that will be it for forever in my head. Yeah. Well, is yeah. it Jenny, you, and then your younger brother, that's it? Or no, it's me, my sister, and then my brother. And mm-hmm. it's like me and my mm-hmm. sister have certain responsibilities. 
and my brother's just always the baby. Like he's the youngest and he's the only boy. Yeah. And so like we're trying to rectify it because we're all adults now. Right. But yeah. it's like regard whatever age we are, I am oldest mm -hmm. and I am yeah. the girl. And he is the youngest and he's the baby boy. Oh. And then we have like one in the middle. So we like kind of like it ends up being the girl's responsibility oftentimes. Not like in this yeah. like outright sexist or weird way, but it just like happens, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just because it, it's always been. So it's like, how do you deal with that? Oldest girl syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm the eldest daughter as well. <gasps> wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm the eldest daughter. The Korean family of a no, younger sister. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel this to my core. My clients actually they talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know how like if they're the eldest daughter, they're the they're the third parents. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. They're the third parent. I actually saw this. I saw this on TikTok. Uh, recently, yeah, where it was like um, the eldest child like grows up with the parents. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And they don't get raised by the parents. They mm -hmm. grow up with them. Mm -hmm. So all I the see. traumas, all of that, it's like they share it with the parent. Yeah. Like, so even like though you're parenting your parents, yeah, too. even though you're not the parent, like yeah. obviously you're a child. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. Um, so. This is when I actually think it's really important that you work with a culturally informed therapist. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, because yeah. I hear from my clients all the time where they're like, oh, I try to talk to like my friends about this. But they're always like, oh, but your parents, they love you. They love you. And, you know, of course, they go their friends have the best of intentions, but it just makes them feel mm -hmm. like very minimized. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But they're, they're like, but you don't get it. Yeah. Right. And I think what's helpful is when you do have an Asian American therapist who's like, you know, yeah, it is different. And just acknowledging that difference, it makes a world of a difference. Yeah. Wow. Because right? automatically yeah. they feel seen and you're giving them an experience that they haven't had before. You yeah. know, you're honoring their their experience, who they are. Yeah. Right. When before it's like, well, you're not a daughter, uh, you're not a son. So, mm. yeah. right, right. I think people, I think this specific uh, oldest girl child of an Asian family. <laughs> yeah. And then with younger brothers mm -hmm. is such a specific trauma. And I feel yeah. like, you know, for the two of you, it sounds like it wasn't as severe, but like I remember. When I was younger and the kids that I grew up with, like in the fucking 80s and 90s in Korea, it was like, nobody eats the special fruit because yeah. this is for Tonggun or something. Yeah. Don't yeah. touch the fruit. Wait, that's my name. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God, really? Oh, yeah. so funny. Oh my God, that's a Freudian slip. Oh my God. Nobody yeah. touches for Brian. <laughs> and your mom would slap you. Like, it was so severe back then. Like, yeah. and, then, and then my mom's generation in Korea, like her friend, she was the last daughter of a bunch of sons, so they were nice yeah. to her. But this is back back in the day, they would literally like throw <laughs> their daughters away. They would yeah. starve yeah. them and save the food for the son. Right. So like obviously in our generation, yeah. we're dealing with a much lighter version of that. Right. But that wow. is a deep trauma. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, bro. No, I mean, Mike, I don't know if you can relate. I was gonna say as a as a younger brother in my family, I don't have any issues with the way I yeah, was. Raised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His, he always had the special fruit. <laughs> Which, by the way, we brought you some special food, Brian. Because Where's like the plate of special no, my, my food? Don't eat his, his fruit. <laughs> don't eat fruit. the beef. That's don't eat the, the that's special the beef. Brian. Don't eat the beef out of there. We got you a, a special... My, my older a, sister will sometimes just be like, if only you knew. Yeah. Yeah. If only you yeah. freaking knew. We got a special vape pen for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for you. Uh, we're ho we hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, just very quickly, um, we want to uh, recognize... 
this is in partnership with uh, Sax Off Fifth. It is uh, Sax Off Fifth is uh, amazing store. It's got amazing designer brands at value. Um, I've picked up some stuff from there. I've got some great things, and it's uh, it's a really nice experience. Yes, same. I'm ready for summer now. You're yeah. Thanks to Sax Off. Get ready for summer with Sax. Uh, for the third year, Sax. Uh, for for the third year in a row, Sax Off Fifth is also celebrating uh, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander Month with the Asian Mental Health Collective. Uh, it's an orga- organization that destigmatizes mental health within the Asian community. Sacks Off Fifth and Asian Mental Health Collective created the Lotus Therapy Fund three years ago, which provides mental health access to those who do not have financial resources or insurance to cover therapy. The Lotus Therapy Fund has covered over 1,400 therapy sessions to date, and it's uh, and the Asian Mental Health Collective's largest uh, and most in-demand program. To learn more about the Asian Mental Health Collective or to make a donation, please visit www.asianmhc.org. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I hear you, and I think <laughs> definitely my I have a uh, I'm the oldest. Then there's a two sisters, and the old their older sister is definitely project manager Asian, and she's she's working <laughs> through it. And I think she's done like a, she's she's gotten a lot better at kind of knowing that and just like okay, this is I can't try to manage all this. And then, and then just as a boy, I will say that we I think as a as a my thing. I don't know if any other guys feel this way. My thing is, I w- I was treated nicer, but I was expected to sacrifice myself. Mm, I have this whole thing yeah, in my mind. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it's bullshit. Huh. Maybe it's bullshit. But I was like, I I always have this fantasy. Like I'm ready to die for my family. Mm, wow. That's always because I remember my mom. Wow. Like if somebody ever punched my sister, or not punched, but like you know, like got in my sister's face, like another kid at school. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, you go in there and you like fuck up that other kid. I was like the enforcer mm. and it's like that was like you get the, all the special you get the special fruit Mike but when it comes time you lay your life on the line for your family and I'm like fully ready to do it I always uh, yeah. I always have a fantasy like a really twisted fantasy about but it but that's also like yeah. the eldest child thing that every, I think everyone yeah it definitely affects sons too right like yeah. you were yeah. the, you're doing this parental role that's a protection thing yeah that's a, you have you to know? take care of yeah. the other ones. Taking care of. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. It's my responsibility to like shield and protect my family. Yeah. yeah. You know, no one can touch my family. Yeah. Mm. And on top of that, I have, and I have to make a, like, I have to achieve the most to like right. ultimately you protect my family. Model. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm the role model, but I also have to make enough money that if anyone needs help, I'm there. Yeah. Like yeah. that's yeah. always on my, in my head. Less physical fighting because I'm weak. I'm small. <laughs> I feel like I can't protect anyone. Yeah, and I, I'm just like thinking about like the older generations. There's so much other stuff tied to it because I remember like my family members and stuff. They would feel weird that they would have to marry the oldest children off first, and mm-hmm. if you got married, you couldn't get married before your older sibling. Like there's so mm-hmm. much stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, yeah. privileges and complications. I'm so sorry I used your name, Brian. I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh. that, that was incredible. That was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, we do have to drag Brian because he is the baby boy. <laughs> yeah, classic, classic youngest yeah. boy, Brian. Yeah, I'm chilling. <laughs> um, well, we can move on to the next like big topic, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. which was people wanted to talk about therapy in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a question that I liked was when do you know that therapy is working Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts there are well it's going to depend on every single person right there are Mm -hmm. like little nuances and idiosyncrasies 
but I think just in general, um, when you'll know it's working when you start feeling more. Mm. Mm. I don't want to say feeling better because some people think, oh, I started therapy and like I feel horrible, right? Mm. When it actually it's oh. like, oh well, you're you're feeling your feelings like yeah. for the first time, you're processing, right? Yeah. Like it's gonna feel not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, feeling more, whatever that looks like, just letting yourself feel more. Um, learning your needs, mm -hmm. right? Learning to take care of yourself, um, being more responsive rather than being more like impulsive and reactive. Right. Learning to slow down, um, being able to like identify and recognize patterns, not just in yourself but in other people too. I hear that from clients a lot, where they're they're like, they start therapy and all of a sudden like. They see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they can't. They can't unsee it, and they just yeah. see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that um, learning to you know use your voice a little bit more, implement boundaries. You're learning what you like, what you don't like. Um, mm -hmm. Those are some just like general broad brush strokes. Yeah, um, that's so real. So like conversely, I know when I first started seeing a therapist, mm -hmm. I was advised by friends to sort of shop around. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. see if it's a good connection. Mm -hmm. But yeah, how? How do you? How does one know if it's not working, or like if a particular therapist isn't a good match? Like, is it purely intuitive, or do you know what I mean? I would say that like, give it like a few sessions. Yeah. But even when I'm talking to prospective clients and I'm doing consultations with them, I tell them like. I hope you're talking to other therapists as well. And sometimes mm. they'll ask me, like, how will I know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, can you imagine telling them, like, all of your junk? Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can talk to this person about yeah. all of that? Yeah. And if you don't think you can, right, or you can get there, mm -hmm. probably not the person for you. Yeah. I see. Right? Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to just say that I'm really glad that what you said um, about how you said when if you feel better, but that's not necessarily you feeling better. It might be it might feel yuckier because yeah. you're yeah. processing and that's not a sign to stop. It's a sign that you're working through something. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Before I started therapy, yeah, I was like, I, f I would say I was in a band of emotions, mm. like this small in the middle, yeah, and I would never feel above or below it. Ooh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Like my yeah. little graph was like very small, oh, that's right, and I yeah. started therapy yeah. because I felt that I wasn't, I wasn't feeling happy, but I wasn't like depressed. Mm, I was just like, yeah. but I don't feel good all the time. Like, I don't really feel fulfilled, but I don't everything's fine yeah. like everything yeah. structurally looks good i have friends i'm like feeling pretty good mm -hmm. and then i started going to therapy and then i was like oh shoot it was because i was repressing myself to feel wow. only this much feeling the yeah. good was a good, small amount of good but the bad was a small amount of bad yeah. and i started going to therapy and then i was like dang i feel really bad right now but at least i felt it like i never yeah. even felt i would start crying my body would start crying before mm. therapy and I wouldn't know why. Wow. Yeah, like my body was reacting before my brain did. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, there's functionally nothing wrong. My life is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'd be like, but why am I breaking down once every two months? Just like mm. break down crying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't have told you I was sad. I was just like, my body's just tired, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah. So it was like after therapy, I was like, oh, I don't have to break down to know that I'm not do like not happy or if I'm feeling sad or whatever the feeling is. You're like in yeah. touch with it more. Yeah. Or, like mm -hmm. before you didn't know what it was. I had about no it. idea yeah. what was going on. Right, right. Yeah. My body was just doing its own thing. And I was like, that's crazy. And I was just like, live my life with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. YOLO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, there, there my body goes again. Well, 
Anyways, like, yeah. let me write this email. Like, I really yeah. was living like that. But I think, Jenny, I think your um, explanation of how that felt like uh, therapy working for you is like great for that question. Because yeah. this person, I'm I'm guessing they didn't they haven't been to therapy, so they don't understand what that's going to look like. Yeah, because I feel like my mm-hmm. my journey with like how much therapy has helped me was like similar where we would be working on something. I'd be like, what, what the fuck are we talking about this? Yeah, like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Totally. I'm crying all the time. And then, like, months mm-hmm. later, like, this whole big part of my personality, like, was resolved. Like, what you're talking about, like, this, like, spontaneous crying. And then mm-hmm. you realize you mm-hmm. were, like, getting it. And it, so during the process, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of, like, when you go get a massage and yeah. the, to, with a good masseuse. And yeah. you're like, my neck hurts. And they start massaging, like, your some like your arm or something yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing that's not my <laughs> yeah. neck yeah and then, and then your neck is loose because they were getting to right. what, whatever the core of the problem was yeah yeah right. and then you can right. move your arm better or your neck better you know it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not very obvious when you're doing it totally mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when my therapist would ask a bunch of questions about my parents when I was talking about something else, and I was like, oh, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Like I was like, "I'm talking about something totally different." And then it yeah. always, I was like, "Oh!" At the end, they'll yeah. just say one sentence, and you're like, "Damn it, yeah, got like, me again." Yeah, yeah exactly. You're right. right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes my clients will be like, "Why are we talking about this, Catherine? I don't understand." Yeah, and I'm like, "You're the common denominator. It will make sense." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just trust it. Let's keep talking about it. Mike, have you been to therapy? I've only been to, um, what's it called? Um, cognitive behavioral soul therapy. Cycle. Okay. Uh, soul cycle. Soul cycle. <laughs> I, I what's only... it called? Uh, soul cycle. <laughs> yeah. I have been to university. How about that? That's, that, that was my therapy. I, I only ask okay. because throughout, for the listeners who aren't watching the video, Mike's oh, just, just like, like constantly <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so crazy bro um no i haven't been to like this kind mm-hmm. of therapy yeah, yeah, i've been yeah. to uh, cognitive behavioral therapy which i love okay yeah and i thought was very useful um mm-hmm. in its own way it was very sure. i don't know i don't know how to say it, practical i guess yes. you could say it was very yeah. like let's stop because i at the time i was going through quite frankly a crisis i was mm-hmm. going through like a crisis yeah. uh where it was like really 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 insane and um mm-hmm. it was and so it stopped it and then it it i've been i but i'm i've been thinking about like maybe i gotta go do this other thing because <laughs> the feeling thing especially i would say for the last couple of years uh, especially the pandemic there was a yeah. fa- there was a point where i didn't feel shit Ooh, <laughs> i yeah. like i would play music as yeah. loud as possible and i yeah. would just, i would just be like nothing's happening you know yeah. and so it was so weird it was so like i just didn't yeah i just was like uh nothing made me feel better and mm. so i did it as hard as possible yeah. <laughs> which and that uh, that just ruined me physically and then like you know so mm. it's just like uh again yeah. like that 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 really resonates you know yeah, yeah. So yeah. to to so to have something where you're like you can feel something again yeah you know that's yeah. i think something that um that I hadn't th- thought about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Can, yeah. Can oh, I sorry, just say the, like the two of you? Like, do you think that I'm just I'm just guessing because mm-hmm. I think in, for Asian people, a lot of our culture is about minimizing our emotions mm-hmm. and putting the other people's emotions above our own. Yeah. So do you see a lot of that at, like uh, in your clients, like the suppressing or for me, it's shown up like as an adult. Sometimes I don't even 
I can't even name them or I don't even know I'm feeling them because I'm so out of touch with them. Like, do you yeah. see that a lot in your clients? All the time. Yeah. All the time. So like, I always check in with my clients like, how's your week? Like, how, how are you? How are you? Like, it's great. And then, <laughs> this, yeah. Amazing. I question yeah. it at work. I find out how are you? Thumbs up, react. Yeah. Like so immediately they're yeah. asking me, how are you, right? Oh yeah. Oh. How was your weekend? What did you do? Did you do anything, Catherine? I'm just oh. like, oh yeah, 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 I was fine. And I'm like, how, how are you? Yeah. Like, how are you? That's interesting. Right, yeah. and, then they'll right. be, and then they'll go to like the very tactical, like, oh, I did this, I did that, blah, mm. blah, blah. I'm like, well, how how are you? How are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah that's this so is literally my first year of therapy. <laughs> I would always come in and be like, no, but what did you do? And she's like, we're not talking about that. Yeah. And then I would that's... say tactically, concretely, every activity I did. Uh huh. And then wow. she'll go, okay, but how did you feel about yeah. those things? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> therapy. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. what a waste. Like, this time is to do how... a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joke, joke, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So uncomfortable. I now do it. Like, I get yeah. it now. But it was like, at the time, I couldn't even understand the concept of yeah. only me talking for an hour and that about me, my so feelings. Rude. Like, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, I talk about what I did. You know, mm -hmm. I sent 400 emails or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But not about how stressful that was exactly, or exactly. how overwhelmed you felt. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Which is literally the core of it all. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that your mm -hmm. clients are coming in and being like, no, let's talk about you. How was your weekend? Yeah. Just a conversation. Like, yeah. It's fine. How are you? Yeah. And I always have to tell them because sometimes they'll start talking about even like their partners really stressed out uh, or their friends yep, and yep. oh my gosh. Oh, I like I can see that this is so toxic for them. Mm. And I, you know, sometimes I do have to tell them like, Hey, like, you're my client. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how this is impacting you. Mm, yeah. Feels bad to center yourself. Know, you know, so you bad. feel selfish and mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, I feel terrible doing it. Like uh, talking. It's weird because I love talking, talking, and mm -hmm. I, I have a huge ego, but I hate mm -hmm. talking about myself. Well, yeah. I, I always feel I'm yeah. boring people. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. And I always think about this when I see somebody acting like that, like yeah. like not talking about themselves. Because I, I, my belief is that everybody has an ego and we all have the instinct to want to talk about ourselves and, mm. you yeah. know, like show whatever those feelings are showing off. And then if you don't allow that in yourself, it seems to get like, it gets weird, you know? Like, I feel like people get weird. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, there's a reason why I was so drawn to white people. I, I think I talked about it in the podcast. <laughs> I was so drawn to white people as friends because it, I didn't have to ever talk about myself. Because uh, everyone would talk about yeah. themselves. Like, yeah. I loved, like, alpha personalities who it's, like, all about their lives. Because then I was like, that's right where I f fit. Like, mm. I don't talk about myself. I get to comment on their lives. They see mm. me as just, like, a fun friend. Yeah. And I did that for so long until therapy where yeah. I was like, wow, they're not listening to me yet, actually. Like, I don't uh, think they know me, me. And I was like, I don't know if I know me. And mm -hmm. so then as I started shifting to talk about myself more and prioritize my needs and wants. Right. Yeah. That's when my friend breakups would happen because yes. of, they were like, wow, you're so self-centered wow. all of a sudden. Um. And I'm like, oh, like to me or to them, our dynamic was that I was here to cater to their needs, yeah. but they are un unable to cater to mine. Right. Right. Mm, right. And that only happened after like a year of therapy. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's by mm. the way, is a byproduct of therapy. It's like you're realizing yeah. and like, oh, I've, 
outgrown these friendships, these right. spaces, and you know, they really don't know me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, on that topic, I wanted to ask a question that I think is fascinating. Someone um, went to a, a conference, an Asian American yeah. conference, mm -hmm. and they brought up the question that therapy is a European construct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how can we as Asian Americans practice mindfulness and peace within something that's a Western construct? Oh, that was so fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something that I always sit with because mm. I fully recognize like there's so much racism embedded in the history and field of psychology, like mental yeah. health. Mm -hmm. And I'm always kind of like, how do I, how do I decolonize my own practice of therapy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and a lot of that is really just, well, one, you have to acknowledge it, period. Mm -hmm. Right. They always say like, oh, awareness is the first step. It is true though. Right. So I, you just need to acknowledge it. And then two, do a lot of research like this is when education is key mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and i think especially now like mindfulness meditation yoga these are all practices that people are finding a lot of like healing in mm -hmm. right and i so interesting because it's not just me as a therapist but as an individual too yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. like last week i went to get acupuncture mm -hmm. right, right. And I, this is my first time. So I Google NYC acupuncturist, right? Mm -hmm. And I, there was an explosion of results. I see all these wellness clinics, right? That not only offer acupuncture, but like cupping and sound bath healing. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is so weird. Cause when I think about cupping, I think about like when I went to the Korean sauna with my mom and I'd see all these like Korean ajumas, mm -hmm. like middle-aged women getting cupping and they're like, you know, half naked in the bathhouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then I see it and it's like been being presented now in this very like trendy kind of yeah, way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is so interesting as like an individual and someone that's technically in like the wellness space. Right. And it it is a very weird tension. And I had to sit with it a little bit where I was like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. This is weird. It is yeah. weird when you look up acupuncture and the top like 200 results are just white guys. Yeah. Like, Todd. <laughs> right. And like, so, it's like a, a again, headshot even in like, yeah. of him in scrubs. So even me personally, I was like, what do I, I remember I looked to my partner, I was like, what do I go? Like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm like, there's so many of them. And I'm like, right. this is kind of weird. Right. Um, and so for me, I all of a sudden started doing so much like research on acupuncture. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I was like, okay, what, like, how can I make a decision that feels right for me? So I started doing all this research and eventually I was like, okay, I landed on working with this like uh, Japanese woman who also was like the owner of this clinic. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that felt right to me. It was also like reasonably priced and all of that. Um, and that felt right to me. Right. And again, I think about my own practice and, you know, me being a therapist, how I work to decolonize where I'm yeah. like, OK, let me not be so quick to pathologize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Let me try to make it more collaborative. Let mm -hmm. me be as flexible oh, as possible. Again, let me do research before I jump into a modality mm -hmm. and I learn about it. And when I do learn about it, I think about how I can adapt this to to my work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going to say, I think the answer to that question is you, you know, being very well aware of this is like a, it's a Western, it's something from a Western culture and it might not fit in with your cultural background. But the answer is to find a therapist that's like Catherine, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this, like somebody like you that's putting in the work, making this field that doesn't really fit us fit into the unique um, 
culture of somebody that is, you know, from an Asian ethnic background living in a Western country. And it's mm-hmm. like, who who better than Catherine to do that? Right. And I also yeah. think it's funny that you bring up the acupuncture thing because nobody is ever talking shit about those Todd guys doing acupuncture. <laughs> like, like they're right. all like, do you really get it if you're not like, you know, like people let them do that. So Asian people can uh, work in these Western whatever fields like mm-hmm. psychology and and you're better you're so much more um better what, what's the word like uh equipped better equipped yeah to like to yeah. um to help yeah. the kind of clients that you do see and the people that are asking these questions i think totally. yeah so it's not just therapists but like um you know there are a lot of um meditation healers yeah. out there yeah. Or mindfulness coaches, yeah. or yoga instructors, and you're taking that, which is like what they said, like a Western whatever concept, and mm-hmm. you're like you're changing it to fit this, you know, our group of people that you you were trying to help with your clients. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, related, because that kind of just led in. Um, how do you deal with the whiplash around Asian culture being so prevalent in white spaces now? Like, the fact that acupuncture is cool. You know, mm-hmm. eating like fermented beans is pretty chill now. Like, <laughs> like how how can people who were maybe like bullied for this stuff younger? How do you deal with the whiplash of now being cool all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's like, um, I don't know, like uh, there's a lot of resentment I have where it's like, mm, oh, yeah, y'all didn't fuck with Vietnam before. Yeah. And now you're mm-hmm. like, uh, like, eat, I always have very mixed feelings about how much how popular pho and those and sure. Vietnamese food is becoming because um, I'm just like y'all didn't like that before and now you're yeah. cool now we're best friends yeah. or some shit you guys always ask me where the best pho is it's up your ass how about that yeah. you know like that's I'm yeah. oh, sorry I'm getting very angry <laughs> it's, it's okay, like, it's okay. yeah that? you know it's like it's just it, and then I also sense even in the sort of last couple of years it's like everybody was all oh, stop Asian hate and now it's like Okay, cool. Well, you guys had your Marvel movie and uh, Beef came out, so we're good, right? We're good. And that's, I'm, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop always. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know if that even has to do with therapy, but that's what I'm... You could do You could do yeah. the Dave Chang approach and start selling $70 gochujang to the whites. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Just capitalize on yeah, it. Get the bag. Get the bag, baby. No, but that resentment is really... I would like to hear, actually, like, yeah. how do you... Because that resentment that Mike just brought up, I feel like a lot of Asian people have that, you know, and yeah. I, I think it's from the fact that we did get make, made fun of and now, you know, you think it's cool and a bunch of white people are making money off right. of it. How do we deal with those emotions? Yeah, well, I again, I always, like, just... First step is to acknowledge it, right? And then whenever, mm-hmm. whenever anyone's en- expressing any sort of anger or resentment, what I hear and see is just a lot of pain, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. much pain. Like how hard must have have been for you as a child to be bullied for who you were? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. That's horrible, mm-hmm. right? That's racism right there, mm-hmm. right? And I think a part of it is righteous. Yeah. Like you're mad for that. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're mad for that child version of you. Yeah. Right? That was bullied for what? Right. Yeah. Right? And I think so much of it is actually righteous. So when I'm working with my clients, I'm like, how can we metabolize this anger and then channel it into something that feels more productive mm, right and mm-hmm. it not it not productive in the sense of like oh now i need to like create a nonprofit organization type of productive <laughs> yeah but uh, productive in a way of like how can you come to like 
just terms with it and be able to like accept it yeah you mm. just uh you leave a really bad yelp review of the white-owned pho restaurant <laughs> be like this tastes like shit <laughs> or the you make chef a scathing tiktok yeah that's what i do <laughs> i'm just kidding culture. i know that's just fine Catherine's like no <laughs> no kidding. no that's not <laughs> just kidding. revenge just kidding just kidding I, I do think that's one thing that uh just to kind of close this out a little bit is mm -hmm. you know as, co as comedians, I feel I'm, I'm drawn to this mm -hmm. because it is, uh, this is me, instead of me like stabbing somebody, I'm gonna make a joke, you know? Right, you know? right. And I, I was wondering if you outlet. ever had a thing, uh, had any thoughts about that, because as all of us, we're all comedians, we all desperately need therapy, and we, um, you know, chose this path, or it chose us, or whatever you wanna say. But, you know, do you ever, do you, I don't know if there's a question, but like, if you had any thoughts about that and like how we, like we turn the tra trauma into jokes, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all need an outlet, right? We all do, whether that's like making jokes, right? Um, but you know, humor is also a coping mechanism, right? Mm. Being very mindful 100%. of that. <laughs> humor is We're a coping, coping mechanism. We're all coping right now. Right. Right, but you know, people turn to other things like gardening or they <laughs> Damn, dance. that would be so much right. healthier. So um, much healthier than whatever we're doing. <laughs> Catherine's like trying to like, you know, humor, you could garden. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of making these weird jokes. You don't need to joke. be sitting in this booth with a microphone on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Go outside. Yeah, but I, I do think there is the more that we talk about it, the more that we all feel like empowered. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. it's not helpful to just not talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Right. We should talk mm. about it. We have, we have to talk about it. Yeah. Right. And there's that quote by Bell Hooks where she, she says like healing is an act of communion. Mm. Right. And I do think like sharing our stories, like that is so healing. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to recognize like, oh, this isn't just my story, but this is our story. Right. We just feel just like a better, such a stronger sense of like community right and that's where true healing happens yeah yeah that's it's true and i'm gonna say it's not the white people's fault that they just discovered acupuncture they don't know they don't yeah. know that we were made fun of for our stinky lunches yeah. and now they're putting it on their hot dogs right. you know like yeah. <laughs> and that means i i feel the resentment too i'm like fuck you man like what, yeah. what the fuck are you opening a fucking pho restaurant yeah but then i'm like he doesn't fucking know <laughs> You know, yeah. Yeah. You're oh like, have you heard of this? It's called kimchi. And you're just like, shut the f up. No, yeah, I have. Thank you. Yeah. It looks yeah. great. Like, it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know. Yeah. Like, we're carrying that with us. Should we end on a positive note? This one? Okay. So we have a question. Um, okay. So maybe Asians aren't the that Asian people struggle with accepting compliments. Mm -hmm. So how do we just get better with kind of accepting compliments words of affirmation how do we like get more confident there i think there's like yeah. for me for sure i feel like self-deprecation number one thing i do then mm -hmm. like i also like don't know i love words of affirmation but i'm like not great at handling it mm -hmm. like i feel icky a little bit but i love it mm -hmm. so yeah any tips on how we can get better at accepting compliments yeah so what i see a lot is um you know, people try to like undermine and like water the compliment. They're like, oh, it's not a big deal. No worries. Like, ah, uh, 
you know, uh, right? Yeah. They they water it down, and I'm like, it starts by just being like, thank you. I did work really hard. Thank yeah. you. Wow, so that's what we're supposed to do? No, Unrelatable. I don't Unrelatable. think so. Thank no. you. Thank, thank you. Just, wait, what? Oh. Yeah. I mean, I did a show. I, I did a Asian comedy festival yesterday, and I was like, I closed out the show, and afterwards, I was like, I think I felt I did good, but like. I immediately grabbed that feeling and drowned it. I was like, no, yeah. I did not do good. And everybody yeah. kept on coming around no. me going, hey, Mike, you did Mike, good job You're giving me that. And I was like, these guys are all snakes. <laughs> these people are yeah. lying. I'm terrible at this, yeah. you know? But it's like, I know that I, I know that I'm doing it. And I'm like, I do work really hard. I'm sacrificing a lot to be here. You know, yes. it's like, it's, I've been doing it for mm. fucking ever, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Remind yourself of all that. Yeah. You know, just let let your like let yourself receive it. And again, it can just be yeah. as simple as saying thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing that actually because that's oh, really? like something that and it's so hard because I'm always like thank yes, you. It's so hard. <laughs> and I'm like stopping myself from being like no, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then I just like slowly walk away. A uh, hundred yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, thank you, it's stupid anyways. It's all stupid. Yeah. You know, it's just comedy, it's stupid. Yeah. No, no thank the, you, period. Yeah, yeah, no. period. The and second then, part. Yeah. <laughs> just say it soft, just go, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. You mean everything to me. I wanna die. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. Um wait, can I can I say something about the um the compliments thing that I finally made me understand why it's so bad? Mm -hmm. uh, it's like uh it's I, I I don't know when I heard this, but it's like, you know, when you give somebody a gift and you like take a long time yeah. to like pick it and it's special to you and you love this person uh -huh. and you give them a gift and like imagine if they're like and smashed yeah. it up and threw it on the ground. Yeah. That's how it feels to people giving you a compliment. Mm, yes. when, yes. And then you're like, no, yes. I'm stupid. Yeah. It's like you want like this person's <laughs> trying to be kind to you and give you something. And if you don't receive it, right. it's like you're shitting on this thing that right. they're giving you. That's so and, I, and that's like when I understood that yeah. that was harmful to for me to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. Just say thank you. Like, thank yeah. you. Right. Rip that's, it in your soul and then move yeah. on. Yeah. It's actually the most loving thing you can do for yeah. like you just and receive. like the person giving the compliment. Yeah. It's just to receive it. Because you would want receive. you would yeah. want if you're giving a compliment, you would want the person to just receive it. Right. Yeah. It's just so wild that I need external validation, but I hate being complimented too much. That's the part yeah. that I'm like, what? We tried gardening. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, mm. like for I that, really I would be like, line. do you trust yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Do you not believe in yourself? Oh, do you no, not I trust don't. yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. Do you really feel that you're worthy? Oh, oh what do you Whoa. know? Well, that's, that's our all time. that is our time. <laughs> that is our time. Um, I want to say thank you to our guests for coming on. Uh, Brian, young me, you guys are always amazing, and you're always welcome back on the show anytime you want. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, compliment. No, and then uh, no, I, I love you guys. And then uh, Catherine, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And um, you know, if if our if any listeners want to reach out to you for anything, mm -hmm. uh, services or what have you, where can they find you? Um, yeah, you can find me at KatherineLeeTherapy.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at ChatWithKat. Okay, great, great. Um, you can find uh, us uh, on the podcast at Asian, not Asian Pod. Uh, and you find me on Instagram at NicePantsBro. 
I'm at Jenny Arimoto. I'm oh I'm at YM Mayor. I'm at it's Brian Park. And this has been a really nice episode. I didn't do this up top, but uh, we have some uh, shows coming up. If you want to come check out uh, our shows, we have a live podcast uh, dating show that's going to be June 1st. Ooh. And then, of course, we have a Hack nice. City that's going to be the second Friday of every month. And that's always uh, just Google Hack City Comedy. And you can always check that out if you want to see me cope. That's what I do. It's <laughs> a coping show. It's not a comedy show. Uh, but again, thank you to all of our guests. And I don't even know what to say, man. Is it? We're horny still. Yeah. Oh, we're still horny. Ha! Back to the horny. Came back. Nice callback. Nice callback. <laughs> so horny. I didn't. I didn't say it this time. So, uh, but thank you so much. And everybody, take care of yourselves. Uh, be kind to yourselves. Yes. Yes. Be kind. That's a good one. No, I won't. But you do. You do it for yourself. Oh, it's but stupid, not me. anyways. I'm stupid. It's fucking dumb, thank anyways. You. <laughs> Bye, everybody.